What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dude? Yes, it's me, the broke soul ginger, Zach Scott. I'm speaking. I'm not that broke. Oh, here we go. Yes. Uh, thank you, Kel Mitchell. 
And ladies and gentlemen, we have a great episode of NXT here, which apparently is the start of a new NXT because uh, Zach and I were just talking about this before we uh, turned on the old uh, record button. And um, yeah, NXT's gone back to their old logo or some new form of a logo. It's fucking weird. It's very fucking weird. Here's the thing that I thought was weird about it. And I've some people have um, explained to me, some people have gotten in arguments over because they got triggered or offended. But um, I asked this question. I threw this question out to the wrestling universe. And of course, some people were able to have decent conversations. The Marks lost their minds. Um, and I said, it. does it really matter that NXT changes their logo? Because it's still the same no. wrestlers and it's still the same creative team. Like, you, it's like that old saying, you know, polish a turd, it's still a turd. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying NXT sucks because I've enjoyed NXT, just so you guys know. I mean, look, there's been a few episodes that have pissed me off, but that's wrestling in general, okay? Not everything's going to be perfect all the time time i accept it but i still call it out when i see it but the fact is my i know a lot of people did not like the 2.0 version no one's liked it and they feel like i guess people have this idea in their heads that if they're changing the logo ooh, they're going back to the black and gold it's gonna be the black and gold it's gonna be like the old days no it ain't you know why it's not gonna be like the old days you know why let me uh can i ask that question for you go, 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 ahead. Ahead. go ahead go ahead um hmm. let's see here you still have the same fucking people who were there when 2.0 started. Yeah. The only thing that's different is Vince doesn't have his hands in the cookie jar. That's the difference. Okay. Triple H came in and changed the logo. Big whoop. Guess what? Triple H is working his black and gold magic on Raw and SmackDown. That's what you're going to get. Because here's what made the black... There's a reason why NXT, even though it's always been a developmental program, it was viewed at one point as the third brand. The reason for that was because in addition to the homegrown talent that WWE was training in their performance center, and by homegrown talent, I mean people who didn't, you know, bump around the indies, didn't work at other promotions, and then come to NXT... People who literally came into the Performance Center, trained to be wrestlers, and that's all they know is the WWE way of thinking. That's homegrown talent. In addition to that, they brought in the other big names, like the guys that came in from Ring of Honor, guys that came in from Impact, guys that came in from Japan, you know, like Nakamura, like Shitsuke Nakamura came in through there. Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, the, the Undisputed Era, Drew McIntyre. Samoa Joe, Roderick, you know, Samoa Joe, uh, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, Jane Storm had a brief run there before he decided to go back to Impact. Didn't think that was a smart decision, but he did it. Um, You know, they were bringing in big names that everybody knew. EC3, like they were bringing in big name stars from outside of wrestling and bringing them into NXT to get them acclimated with the WWE style of wrestling before they inevitably went to the main roster. That's what made the black and gold legendary they were bringing in stars established talent from other promotions and putting them in nxt and letting them get a feel for the wwe and how they do things before it was time to bring them to the big show and the big dance now of course aj styles he was the exception to the rule he skipped over nxt and went straight to the main roster and because aj even said i'm not going to nxt he said no disrespect to nxt but i don't need to go to developmental i'm established I know what I'm doing. And they were cool with that. They didn't take offense to that. Because AJ 
already knew what to expect and what to do. He felt that he already knew what he had to do. Like, there were a lot of guys, like even Finn Balor, like when he was in NXT, because even though he had a lot of experience, he never really wrestled on camera. So there was a lot of, so that was another thing. He had to learn how to wrestle in front of cameras, like how to do his entrance and do it in a way where the camera can see you and everything else. Like, that's what NXT was designed to be, to get these people ready for TV by putting them in front of TV. Like, not just knowing how to wrestle, not just knowing how to work, not just knowing psychology and storytelling and promos, but also doing all of that, but doing it in such a way where the camera can catch you. Because that's the little things that wrestlers don't know. Like, when you got a headlock in, do it in a way to where, okay, we can still see the facial expression on the guy's face. Or when you do a move, play to the hard cam. Because that's the camera that the viewers are watching. Because no matter how many people are in the stands, there's always more people watching at home. So you got to pay attention to that. That's what NXT was designed to be. But because it had so many big stars from around the fucking globe, it became a third brand. And they were in arenas for their takeover events. But they would still tape their shows at full sale. Now they got the Capital Center, Capital One Center, inside the Performance Center, and they've done everything out of there. So the only way you're going to convince me that this is a return to black and gold, black and gold, black and gold, black and gold, the only way you're going to convince me of that is to A, find some big name stars, maybe grab some motherfuckers out of AEW and put them in NXT, or grab some people from other promotions that people know, that fans know, and bring them to NXT, then I'll believe it. Or when they announce, you know, and, and I'm, I'm giving a little bit of a spoiler here, but not too much, there's going to be a Halloween Havoc NXT show coming up. And apparently, I read on the dirt sheets, this episode of NXT we're about to talk about and the one that's coming out next week have already been taped. So you can read the spoilers online. You could. I wouldn't recommend it because, you know, you can read it, but it's not going to help you. But it just gives you a little bit. But what they said was, and I'll get this little tidbit away, they announced, they said that the Halloween Havoc show is going to take place on Saturday, October the 22nd, instead of on a Tuesday. So, But here's the thing, but here's the thing that's going to convince me. They need to call it NXT TakeOver Halloween Havoc. And also, I would like to see that show in an arena. If you really want to convince me that this is a return to the black and gold, I want to see it be the real black and gold. Otherwise, it's 2.0 with a different color logo. And not only that, they changed the logo, but a lot of the outer stuff around it still has the paint splashes. So, if you're going to change shit, you got to go all the way or not at all. And right now, they're, it's, it, right now, it's half-assed. The whole damn thing is half-assed. Zach, do you have anything to add? Nope. Basically say whatever you had to say. I mean, I understand somewhat, but if you're going to keep one go, keep one go. Stop chasing logos and going back, oh, black and gold. Maybe we can bring somebody else. Otherwise than that, shall we proceed? Yes. So we kick off the show with uh, Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sequoia walking into an office for a meeting. And that meeting is with NXT official, general manager, commissioner, whatever you want to call him, Shawn Michaels. And HBK tells Sokoa that he wasn't scheduled to be in the match last week. He wasn't even in the voting. So, therefore, his victory was null and void, and he had to relinquish the North American Championship. HBK then thanks Sequoia for his contributions to NXT and how great of a talent he is. Sequoia says he understands, hands the belt to Sean, looked at Carmelo and said, I told you, I had next. And then he left. 
Hayes then thanks HBK and holds out his hand, expecting HBK to hand him the title. And HBK tells uh, Hayes that, you know, you expect me to just hand this title over to you? He said, last week, you took out the guy who got the most votes. You cheated the system. And you know what? In a way, I kind of respect it. I get it. He said, but we're still not going to play that game. He said, you will have a chance to get the North American Championship back. And he said he will. He has the opportunity to qualify with four other superstars to compete for the title at high Halloween Havoc in a ladder match. Okay, so Asus Sokoya gets the goal that he rightfully deserves. Turned out he wasn't even qualified a lot in there. I saw this as like, well, that's fucking heartbreaking. And, and I saw that, I was like, yeah, I didn't like that, but you never know if he could be going up with his with his family on SmackDown surprising me. But what I liked where Carmelo wasn't hitting the touch, so I'm like, uh-uh. Like, 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 no, you took out your big competitor. Now you gotta earn it back. And in a ladder match, and I'm like, oh boy, that's gonna be a spot fest from hell. Hopefully it gets killed. Otherwise, and then I'm like, yeah, I was like, I did like Sequoia lose gold, but business is business, and I didn't really enjoy it. That's how sorry it was for Sequoia. That's all I have to say. Bullshit. Yeah, I, I mean, when I saw this, here, here's how I looked at it. Solo Sequoia, as much as I enjoyed seeing him win the North American Championship, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. He got called up to the main roster. He's on SmackDown with the Bloodline. It makes no sense for him to be holding the North American Championship. Now, like I said before, if they want to make him the Intercontinental Champion or the United States Champion, or maybe he wins both belts, I would be all in favor of that. I would be, you know? I wouldn't mind seeing Solo Sequoia hold both those belts and be a double champion alongside the rest of the Bloodline. I would support that 100%. But if you're going to call him up to the main roster, it makes no sense for him to be North American champion. If you were gonna, if you were gonna make him the North American champion, you shouldn't have called him up. It, it was time for Sequoia to move on. So I understand, you know, him relinquishing the title, but obviously wanting to make this a ladder match. Which as soon as I heard ladder match, I was like, I, I had the same idea Zach did. This is gonna be a spot fest from hell, and I keep trying to figure out why do they insist on continuing to make the North every time. Every time we need a new North American champion, or every time there's a big, uh, I'm just gonna call it a takeover, takeover event. With the North American title, it's always five, six, seven motherfuckers in a ladder match. <laughs> I, I don't understand how people are entertained by a multi-man ladder match. It's always a clusterfuck. Always. Not some of the time. Not part of the time. All the fucking time. Now, when it comes to the money in the bank ladder match, that's one thing. Okay, I get it. They're going for a briefcase to cash in the champion. You know it's going to be a spot fest, but at least there's a storyline that can continue. This is just goddamn ridiculous. There's too many multi-man ladder matches. WWE's doing it. AEW's doing it. NXT is doing it. It, 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 And all it is is people crashing through ladders and you know someone's going to get injured. Someone's getting injured because a lot of these guys are sloppy and reckless. There's also another problem with these type of live matches. It's hard to focus on you got one group of people over there. You got other group of people. It's just like he says, one big clusterfuck. Now, if it was a ladder match, just for shits and giggles, it should be one on one, not four. Maybe a one on one ladder match. Oh, just do a normal match. But no, everybody has to get their shit in. That's exactly it. As soon as I heard ladder matches, like now it's out Vinny and I was like, ain't goddamn thing here, folks. They're like, great, a circus act. We're gonna see a bunch of fucking clowns jump alike, but jump, jump around. All the thing now is a line to stick their head in and hope he chops down. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Yeah, but no, well, technically it's it's acrobats. They're not clowns. The the clowns are in another. The clowns are in the other company. Yeah, and that's, they can go. That's the clowns. Jump off a 
cliff. Exactly. These aren't, yeah, These th- there's not clowns here. There's acrobats. But speaking of acrobats and circus shit, we move on to our first official match of the, oh, wait, before we get to that, I do want to add one mm-hmm. quick thing here. I love the fact that Shawn Michaels is finally on camera, that we finally have mm-hmm. a fucking authority figure, and I hope this becomes a consistent thing. Yes. I want to see more of Shawn Michaels on TV, if for no other reason than to give rulings and make matches like a fucking commissioner. Sorry, I just want to throw that in there. But okay. now, now, speaking of circus shit, here we are with our first official match of the evening. Uh, the second match of the best of three series. Axiom goes one-on-one against Nathan Fraser. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, his name's not Axiom to me. It's Sig Card 2.0. Hmm. Jeez, a 2.0. Where'd I get that from? I don't know. It was there. Now it's gone. This right here is your typical spot monkey fucking bullshit. Doing, 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 doing. But it was... It was it was okay, and uh, I'm just like, oh boy, circus act opening. Uh, Sinkara wanted to be Sinkara, got a couple shots in. Uh, Fraser got a couple shots in, and then also Fraser hit his uh, spot monkey's finish. One, two, three, and the winner is Fraser. Now we're tied up one. I don't know why this is happening. This makes no sense. I don't care, Vinny. Go ahead. That was basically it. It was a spot fest from hell, and here's the thing. I knew Nathan was going to win because it's a best of three. Nine times times out of 10 in professional wrestling whenever there's a best of three a best of five or a best of seven series which we've seen a few times with other wrestlers they always go to the final game like if there's it's like it's like it's like if baseball was was rigged and every game made it every world series made it to game seven every game that's what that's basically what these matches are like in wrestling they're always going to make it to the third and final bout or the fifth and final bout or the seventh and final bout depending on what they're doing so i knew Nathan Fraser was going to win because Axiom won the last time. Now, that's why whenever there's a best of three or a two out of three falls, the first fall and the third fall are the ones you pay the most attention to because those are the only ones, for the most part, that are up in the air. The second one, most of the time, whoever got the first fall, the other guy's getting the second one. Now, there have been times they've done two in a row, and they do that just to keep people on their toes, but that is rare. It's rare to find. I don't remember seeing that before. Uh, Last time I saw a team win two in a row was the Usos, but I can't remember who they beat but i know it was the usos one two in a row but i can't remember who they beat but this is this was before they were the dominant team they are now okay this is this is a long time ago i can't remember if they were still in the gangster mode or if they had the face paint and the samoan attitude can't remember which one but i do know they won a two out of three falls match and they won both matches back to back but that's rare so i knew nathan was gonna win so there was nothing special here and they did pretty much the same shit they did the last match Mm. nothing changed nope then we cut to the backstage area where we see a little promo from Damon Kemp, who admits to everyone that he was the one who took the payoff from Tony D. And everybody, and basically everyone thought Roger Strong was the one that was setting everyone up and was turning his back on Diamond Mine or imploding Diamond Mine. But the truth is, it was Damon Kemp all along. And when Roger Strong said that he pulled the footage, Damon realized it was going to implicate him and everyone was going to find out. So that's why he took out Roderick Strong in the parking lot and put him in the hospital. So he basically admitted that he was trying to protect his secret and then eventually decided to turn on the uh, Creed brothers anyway and then basically said he's not going to fight them two on one. So he said, I'll, I'll take one guy at a time. One guy comes to the ring. The other guy gets in the back and they can come get this work. 
Uh, I was like, okay, all right, so it was you the whole time, and he went through detail and detail. I was like, oh, I was like, you clever motherfucker, you. I was like, all right, all right, I might as well. He has a heel now, and it makes total sense. And then he's going to take him one-on-one, but one of those matches, Roger Starks is going to return. So we'll see where this goes, because in the end, it's going to be Roger Starks. Because damn it, Kevin, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Diet is nothing personal, just business. I got this That's... business for you right here. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay, okay, okay. But one day... I'm I'm going to take your place, and I will be the Irish John of NXT. (laughs) An Irish Don. Let me guess. Let me guess. If I I kiss the ring, is the the stone going to be Blarney? This guy's a fucking riot. He's a fucking riot. But yeah, I'm the guy that paid off Damon Kemp. I made a business deal because I was trying to get the tag titles. See, that's why I always say. And you didn't get the tag titles, now did ya? Nah, see, Creed's got Creed brothers. They got they got the best of us. But point is, I was trying to get an insurance policy. Sometimes insurance policies don't work. Now I got so in other words, I'm getting I'm gonna get a new fucking premium. I'll tell you that right now. But mm-hmm. either way, I got bigger fish to fry. But we find that out a little later in the show. So, yeah, but yeah, I do like the fact that uh, they're explaining more with Damon and really are trying to get a better understanding of what the hell he's doing. Because I like that. I like the explanations. That's something that the other company lacked a lot of, with the exception of Stokely Hathaway. Is I like when people are like, okay, you are in part of a group. You're friends. You're in a brotherhood. You betray your friends. You betray the brotherhood. Why the fuck did you do it? What was the reason that you would turn on your friends? Here it is. I like that. Now, explanations. I like that. So then, we cut to the backstage area with Tatum Paxley, who's trying to calm down Ivy Nile, who's upset about Damon Kemp's betrayal, and that the betrayal has pretty much broken Diamond Mine. Uh, Paxley tells her to focus on their match tonight. Nile says she is focused and storms off. Okay, her partner was trying to calm down. I know you're upset. We got to keep her head in the game with our match. No, full well, her head wasn't. And it, oh, her head doesn't seem to me it was. But this right here is like, okay, this was pointless. And uh, moving on. Well, no, it, it's important because it's trying to foreshadow and tell the story. Because it's trying to figure out, like, could something happen with Ivy Nile to throw her off her game? Is she going to be focused? Is she not focused? It's a good thing to indicate before going in. So it was an important part of the story. And we learned okay. and we learned that as we move on to our next match of the evening. We got Toxic Attraction versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. I enjoyed this match somewhat. Uh, this right here, I was like, hey, I already know uh, Toxic Attraction was going to win. Because with what's going on with the Diamond Mine, Ivy Nile definitely had her head in it. They went back and forth, up back and forth. It didn't mean that Ivan Allen tapped out and put up a good fight. They did. It was a match. It was a good show. And Talk Traction won, rightfully so. But I enjoyed it somewhat. I'm like, eh, this is kind of filler. But it was entertaining-ish. Yeah, it was definitely filler Um, because they're using Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley to get upset over Diamond Mine, even though because Damon is a guy and WWE is very politically correct, those two are never going to interact with Damon Kemp. They are literally in the background of this feud they you might as well you might as well give them skirts and pom-poms and make them fucking cheerleaders they're not gonna be there's nothing for them to fucking do in this damon kemp feud nothing Literally fucking nothing. Unless you're going to have the guys and the girls get physical in the ring, they, 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 they can't do shit. 
They are they're they're basically like spare pricks at the wedding. They're just gonna be sitting there. They are basically eye candy for this fucking feud. Not for this match, because clearly they can kick ass and wrestle. But if you put them in the feud, if you try to incorporate them into the feud with Damon Kemp, they're basically gonna be fucking eye candy because the guys and the girls don't get physical. Unless you want the girls to just gang up on Damon Kemp and let's and let's pussify him while he's trying to get a singles push. How do you want to do it? I say let the the girls should just stay in their lane. Stay the fuck out of this one. It ain't your fight. But either way, the tag match was decent, but it wasn't really interesting because, again, those girls serve no purpose in the Diamond Mine feud and Toxic Attraction. I'm toxic. I'm toxic out. I'm all. I, I'm worn yes. out. I'm worn out from these two. I like. I like Gigi Dolan, Priscilla Kelly. She's my home girl, but I'm not feeling that's this this, this feud anymore. Okay. That's all I need to see. They've been NXT Tag Team Champions twice. I don't need to see a third run. And on that note, we cut to back into the ring. We have the schism out here. Uh, Gacy and the Dyad make another plea to get people to join them. Its mission is to make the world a better place. Change can be scary, but they have given us ample time to accept the change. Whether we accept them or not, we will see the world through their eyes. Gacy said he has tried reasoning and compassion, but it seems this world only responds to a firm hand. Cameron Grimes, anyone who doesn't listen will regret it. And then Idris Anofi and Malik Blade hit the ring and attack them. I don't know every time I see him. I don't know if they're doing a promo or uh, saying something that they win the Oscar in a dark way. I don't know. But this right here was actually not that bad. Even though I don't like the groups of young veterans being schism. You know, I want to say something else. But otherwise, this is like typical wonderful stuff. Joe Casey tried to, uh, tried to influence everybody. They didn't want it. Now it's time for him to get a little more violent. Anyways, and Nofi and Malik Blade attacked the ring. Attacked him in the ring. But I thought this promo was pretty good. But every time I see him, it's like, Jesus Christ, you guys remind me well, that's the whole point of the faction. They are a cult. It's basically, it's basically the Wyatt family if they were rich and lived in a mansion. Okay. That's the difference. Like, that's the only difference I see between the schism and the Wyatt family is the Wyatt family was lived in the backwoods, <laughs> and they were like very much like a hillbilly type group, except Bray was actually smart, and Gacy's more like you know rich, sophisticated cult leader. You know that that's kind of how I feel. It's like 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 if the Wyatt family ever feuded with the schism, it would be like the rich fighting the poor. Basically. Okay, I see that. Maybe Bray Wyatt would be like the uh, TV version of Robin Hood. I don't know if I go that far. Robin Hood. Robin Hood had good intentions. Bray was Bray was very much a heel. Bray was a scary heel guy, but it's just crowds loved him, so it was hard to tell. But Bray Wyatt has been a heel. In fact, I can't remember a time he was ever babyface, and I don't think it would work for him to be babyface. No, it wouldn't. But either way, we move on to the next match of the evening. We even want to call it that. We got Idris Anofi and Malik Blade versus the Dyad. Okay, this is Trevor and Ash team. I like the gimmick somewhat. I don't understand it. They put up a good fight against uh, against the Dyad. It was back and forth, and then all of a sudden the Dyad snapped and the aggressive streak came out. One, two, three. The rifle showed the Dyad wins. But uh, Anofi and Blade put up a good fight. I just, I know these guys are jobbers, and at least they tried. They got heart, but this was, no. I really don't call this a match, really. I don't either. Maybe I don't. I was not the least bit entertained by this match. I'm... Neither I was. I was just, okay, get this over with, please? Yes. <laughs> Anofi and Blade are a jobber tag team. They're a waste of time, and I, I get no entertainment value out of seeing them wrestle. 
at all. None. I like the dyad um, only because I remember them being the grizzled young veterans. So physically in the ring, they can do no wrong. I'm still trying to get used to their promos, but they're very good. So the dyad definitely has a future in, in, in the business. I, you know, I, I hope this gimmick will last a while. Um, Obviously, if God forbid Joe Gacy ever got released, I would hope they would somehow like take maybe take them off TV for a bit and then eventually repackage and bring them back as the grizzled young veterans. But then again, I don't want to see Joe Gacy go anywhere because he's really fucking good. So yes, he is. I am a Joe Gacy fan and I want him to stick around. So oh yeah, yeah you we know. Yeah, he's a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. He's a good guy. But um, so anyway, the dyad wins this match and yay. So we move on <laughs> to the next. Next oh, no. match of the evening. Oh, no. We've no. got no, 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 no. Cora Jade versus Wendy Chu. Okay, and I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Wendy Chu came out there, and uh, this match was actually really, really good. Oh, boy. I, I have a sneaky suspicion someone's out there. It was okay. I mean, I know Cora Jade was going to win, and as soon as I saw Slippy Jude come out, I'm like, oh, crap. And what Gator has to say? But all the boss and they went back and forth, back and forth. Wendy Chu got some moves in. Cora Jade got some moves in. Awesome. Cora Jade once. One, two, three. All right. Go ahead. I enjoy, I enjoyed the match. You know, Wendy Chu, um, obviously she was coming out. She's doing the whole thing where she's smiling and bouncing her head and she's got the pillow and the, and the, and the sippy cup and I'm just like, oh my God, she's going backwards because I love the aggression she had against um Tiffany Stratton. But then all of a sudden, like I've always said with Wendy, once the bell rings, she turns it on and, we, and she kicks ass. So, I found this match to be very enjoyable. I thought both women did a hell of a job, and obviously, Cora Jay got the win, and she should, because they're trying to push her as a dominant heel. As And, you know, in order for that to work, she's got to whoop some ass and take some names. You know, so, obviously, you know, it was a very good match. And yeah, 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 I'm already aware. Someone need to tell me, why do bitch still wear pajamas? Gator, get off the fucking show. No, no, no. I need this to be answered. Why is she wearing pajamas? The bitch yeah. is wearing freaking footy pajamas. They're not footy pajamas. Yeah. They're just bunny slippers. Yeah, I told you she wearing pajamas. What? What is it? Shut up. Back to the fucking basket now. I do not want to hear your voice right now. It's highly annoying. It's giving me a fucking headache. This gimmick works. Shut the fuck up. She's over. Wang. Deal with it. Boo-hoo. Bitch about something else or we're going to continue this conversation. L- listen here, Mr. Ginger. Listen, listen to Uncle Gator. Listen, listen to Uncle Gator. Listen to Uncle oh, really? Gator. Okay. Listen to Uncle Gator. Okay. I understand that she is over with the crowd from the NXTs, but the question still needs to be answered. Why the bitch Wearing pajamas. You're not gonna let this. This, thing, are you? this outfit shits upon my business, and no one's been able to give me a solid answer on why the bitch is wearing pajamas. Hey, can you do something about this, please? I, I'm trying. This, I'm, I, I keep trying all the time. He just keeps playing. I just want to know why she's wearing pajamas, Gator. We don't Gator. know. We're not in the fucking locker room. Can I go to the women's locker room? No, you cannot go to the women's locker room. Get the fuck out of here. So Zach. And I can have a productive conversation, but he only gives one word answers. He's working on it. Get the fuck out of the room. Go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket, Gator. Go to the basket. basket. I'm not going basket. to the basket. Go to the basket. You cannot make me go to the basket. Yes, I can. It's my show. Get to the fucking basket. Fuck you. God, I'm sorry about all that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was even kind of being a dick to Zach at the end. Zach, I apologize. I kept, 
I kept trying to shut him up. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, at, and then of course, after all this, uh, Lash Legend gets in the ring, boots Chew in the face. Jade looks on from the ramp and laughs. So obviously, at some point, they're planning on having Lash Legend and Wendy Chew lock up, and I think that's going to be intriguing. It's going to be intriguing, but I don't know why. But okay. All right. And then on that note, we cut to we got an in-ring segment. We got Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Hayes says he wants the person that played Sequoia's music last week, the referee from the match, and the timekeeper fired. Hayes doesn't care what bloodline Sequoia is part of. Hayes is still the A champion. Andre Chase, Fia Hale, and Bodie Hayward come down to the ring. Chase keeps trying to say that this is a teachable moment, but Hayes and Williams keep cutting it off, cutting him off. He finally gets the line out, and a brawl breaks out, and Chase and Hayward clear the ring. Typical, I knew he was going to come out here and bitch and moan. I lost the trip, should have never lost your whatever, but he fired I think to save the fucking day it was, Chase, it was Andre Chase or Chase you with Cody Hayworth and Thea Hale. He kept on cutting them off and he was getting irritated, irritated, and I saw a fight broke out. And I thought this was actually boring at first, but like I said, Andre Chase and Chase you saved the day. Yay. But I thought it was good. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was great, you know? They're like, this is a teachable moment. <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. Andre Chase, and, and the thing is, like I said, the dude, the dude can throw down. Like this is this this gimmick is one of those things where it starts off being something stupid. But again, the key thing here, it's the same thing I said with Broken Matt. It's commitment. If you commit to your character, you will eventually get that character over. That's just a fact. You will get that character over if you commit to it. Because if you believe in it, you can get others to believe in it. But if you don't, if you half-ass a gimmick like that, it's not going to get over. And Andre commits to every fucking thing he does. And that's why this gimmick is so successful. And so, of course, after this, we get back from the break and we have a tag team match. Andre Chase and Bodie Haywood with Thea Vidal, Thea Hale sorry, versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Absolutely fucking wonderful. And never in years, I'm going to go ahead and spoil here folks that uh, Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward Chase you actually won a fucking match. It was fantastic, especially when you go see that part where he's like, what's that spell? Chase you. I'm like, I don't know why people bitch about this thing, but over as hell. I thought it was fantastic. And Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, it that's a thing. And side note, I think it's time for Trick Williams to, I don't know, stop Carmelo Hayes. Uh, or they need to become, or become tag team champion. That's, yeah, that, it's that. That's what I think needs to happen. I think that Carmelo Hayes needs to get away from the North American title. I don't, I mean, he's probably going to be in the ladder match, but I don't think he should win. And I think him and Trick need to go for the tag belts. Because Trick, Trick Williams can only be like the, the hype, the backup singer for so long before eventually they're going to have to split them up or let Trick Trick gets something because Trick Williams is actually really fucking good. Every time he's wrestled, he's shown that he's got what it takes, and he don't need to be he don't need to be spending his whole career playing second banana to Carmelo Hayes. However, however, I do think as a tag team they have a better future because as good as Carmelo Hayes is, I don't see him on the main roster doing as well, or at least not when he initially goes up there. 
Because it's going to depend on who the champ is, whether he's going to get an Intercontinental title or a U.S. title or even the WWE Universal title for that matter. Plus, one of the things that I've preached a lot on the male soap opera moment, which the the recap of Clash of the Castle should be coming out soon, um, but is that WWE is in serious need of tag teams. That's what the main roster is lacking in, is tag team wrestling. So having these two together as a team, I think would benefit the roster more than if Carmelo was being a singles guy with Trick in his corner. Because it's a waste of Trick's talent. And like I said, Carmelo as a singles would get lost in the sauce with all the top stars they got up there right now. So I say we need to start building them as a tag team, let them have a run as a tag team, and then eventually, when the time is right, then have them go solo. But for now, I feel like we need to concentrate on building a tag team division. We need stronger tag teams. So the Usos have not only credible challengers, but also somebody that can potentially take those belts off them when the time is right. When that time is going to be, I have no fucking idea at this point. But I feel like we need to build more tag teams. But overall, that being said, this was a great tag team match. I loved the roll-up counter that Chase did. I thought was fucking epic. Yeah, I did too. And then, of course, the celebration with the Chase U people in the crowd, which I'm pretty sure were plants. They, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they planted them in the crowd with the Chase U outfits. I don't know if those are people who are training in the performance center or if they were audience members they put, they gave free like Chase U t-shirts to. I don't know. Maybe they were seat fillers. I don't fucking know. Maybe they were seat fillers. They put a little coin in their pocket and do that. Although you don't really get paid for being a seat filler. By the way, you just get like free tickets to the show. I learned that when I was in Jacksonville. But overall, all fantastic match and yes yes on that note we move on to the next match of the evening and we got Sangha versus Von Wagner with Mr. Stone. Absolutely just boring as shit. Sangha, well, take that back. Von Wagner was finally going to get somebody his size. Sangha. I see him around. I'm like, we'll see what this dude got. And we went back and forth for uh, two big guys. And it was decent. And once again, a filler to me. But Von Wagner won, rightfully so. But at least he went against somebody his own size. Out of toothpick. So, otherwise not. It was okay. But I enjoyed it. Vinny? They has fight. They has fight. And uh, Zach asked this question a lot, but I can finally answer for him. This, my friend, was a hoss fight. Hoss fight. That's a, that is a hoss fight. Two big motherfuckers looking to kill each other. That's exactly what that was. Two big motherfuckers. <laughs> and like I said, they has fight. They hit them. They hit with every big move they had. Um, if it seemed boring to some people, it's because they're not used to seeing big men wrestle like big men. You're used to seeing them wrestle like cruiserweights. This is how they're supposed to fucking wrestle. It's like this right here. Make it believable. Exactly. So, plus, it's not interesting if everybody does the acrobat shit, by the way. That's what made the Cruiserweight division so special in WCW. Not everybody wrestled like that. The Cruiserweights would wrestle like that, and the Stars would wrestle normally. But now that everybody does the fancy shit, there's no reason to watch a Cruiserweight division. Everyone's doing the same shit. So, it was nice to see a difference. So, I, for one, enjoyed this match. I did, too. In the end, Von Widener got the win, as well he should, because... He's more of a serious gimmick than Sangha is. He's basically a big Indian guy surrounded by two women that he's apparently trying to bang. And if he's not trying to bang them, what the fuck are they doing there? And and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. This is one of the North American title ladder match qualifiers. Grayson Waller versus Oro Mensa. 
Okay, first and foremost, uh, I know who Glacial Lava was. I don't know this Metsa guy. They went typical Metsa, typical spot monkey, and uh, and uh, Glacial Lava doing his normal thing right there. Back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden, the creepy Apollo Crease with one eye looked like he just got out, out of uh, being possessed by a demon. Basically, cost Glacial Lava the match. Messiah won one, two, three by, by a spinning heel kick, by a normal fucking move. No, this did not make sense. I did not. Like this, uh, Grace and Wild should have won, but no, I guess they want to, like I said, get everybody shit in. He did not deserve it. Grace and Wilder did, but I don't do the writing. This is bullshit. Vinny, you probably have something to say about this, don't you? Yeah, this is goddamn ridiculous. Um, I, I, the only logical explanation I can possibly think of for why they did this is because they're trying to set up a match at Halloween Havoc between Grace and Waller and Apollo Cruz. My question is, what the fuck type of match? Match, are they planning on setting up? Is it going to be one of those spin the wheel, make the deal kind of matches like they do oh, at Halloween oh, Havoc? Which, which by the, which is now a normal thing at Halloween Havoc, but it was only done like one year at Halloween Havoc. Only one Halloween Havoc pay per view in WCW actually had to spin the wheel and make the deal. But I like the fact that they do it regularly in NXT because it's cool, it's different. So I don't know if they're gonna have a spin the wheel, make the deal kind of situation. If it's gonna, I mean, because it looks like they're trying to do like an, I don't know if they're gonna do an eye for an eye thing, but we already fucking saw that two years ago and it was an epic fail. So I see no reason why to do try to do that again. But this was fucking dumb. At the end of the day, if there's no match plan between Grayson Waller and Apollo Crews, or if there if the match doesn't have a stipulation to end this, then he should be going for the North American title. But as Zach so eloquently put it, Mensa is a spot monkey. So that's probably why they're putting him in the ladder match. He's probably not going to win, but he'll do all kinds of fancy tricks. Yeah, he's going to do the kitty tricks to make everybody happy. Even though Silly Rabbit tricks are for kids. Long year rodent stealing Easter away from Jesus. And on that note, we move on to the main <laughs> event of the evening. Oh, God. Did I say that out loud? Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't hear anything. Oh, Jesus. All right. So on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening, a number one contenders match with the winner to get a shot at the NXT title. Tyler Bate goes one-on-one -on -one against JD McDonough. Absolutely fucking wonderful. This was a stellar fucking match. I didn't know who was going to win at first. I was like, maybe JD or maybe Tyler. But these two gentlemen beat the living shit out of each other. And JD McDonough, he's me in the ring. Uh, he got his shots. Tyler got his shots. Everybody got their shots. They stayed off the top rope. Thank God. The suicide dive. They did that right. And that part where uh, after uh, JD got landed on, on his back on the, on the announce table, he smiled. And these two beat the living shit out of each other. And uh, Bob Breaker was getting into it. He was like, all right, all right, let's see what you guys got here. But after in the end, Madonna hit that vicious move from him from the top, from doing something off the top rope. And one, two, three, JD Madonna is now the number one contender against Bomb Breaker. I thought it was good. Thank God. City start, good finish. Nah, I, I, I mean, I thought it was a good start. You know, the submissions, the pinfall attempts. I liked the wrestling in there. Eventually, they did get to some of the spot stuff, but like you said, they actually timed it well. So that was a good thing to know. The, the, st I felt like the standing shooting star press was unnecessary. Um, there's a lot of springboard stuff we didn't need. I love the airplane spin. It's so cool to see that. You know. <laughs> 
It's like, here's the helicopter game. Up, gonna lay it up all the pins. Uh-huh. There's too many pins. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, yeah. two, three. Like, okay, 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 okay. Can you stop that, please? Well, that is that. That is a nasty habit that NXT gets into sometimes. Is or They usually do it on the black and gold a lot, which is the excessive false finishes. They do too much. They're kind of like seven of them in less than about 30 seconds. Yeah, it, it was stupid. Um, But then, uh, and then, of course, like you said, McDonough hits this finish for the win. The devil inside. J.D. McDonough's now getting the title shot. After the match, Breaker gets in the ring, gets in McDonough's face. They're basically establishing uh, this match that'll likely take place at Halloween Havoc. But then all of a sudden, out comes Iha Dragnov, and McDonough screams in terror. Dragnov gets in the ring and faces off with Breaker. Breaker holds up the NXT title and says, it's not going anywhere. I did not see that. As I saw, I, like, oh, I think I couldn't see it because it was already recorded. But I didn't see that back there. Shit. He, oh, my God. That guy. Holy shit, I remember him. Okay. Yeah, okay. he was the guy that had the, the kick-ass match with Walter at a takeover a few oh, years yeah. back. When they were kind of was just kick ass. That was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I remember him. Okay. I can see it now in my head. I said, oh, that guy. I was like, okay. Ooh. Thank God. Thank you, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We'll see if that goes. All right, man. I'll yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. But I can understand it, though. Right. Okay. He's there. Ooh, that's going to be good. I like that guy. Yeah. So now they're trying to sit here and try to give us the possibility of this could turn into a triple threat match. Oh, no. Because, you know, obviously both men are eyeing the NXT championship. Braun Breaker's making it clear, which here's the thing that bugs me. Why would you have a number one contenders match when some random motherfucker can walk out, stare at both of them, and suddenly it's like, oh, this will turn into a, a triple threat match. Then what the fuck did Tyler Bate waste his time for? Exactly. Why not throw him in, make it a fatal four-way? Mm-hmm. Fucking stupid. I don't know. I'm sorry. That was. I thought that was kind of dumb to have a number one contenders match, and then as soon as it's over, somebody else comes out, and it's like, yeah, we're going to have a triple threat match, and we're going to treat Tyler Bate like shit. That, I didn't like that at all. So even though I don't have necessarily have anything against Dragonov, he's a fantastic fucking wrestler. I just mm-hmm. I just felt like if you were gonna do this, I would rather, you know, he beat McDonough and then bring Dragonov in and maybe build to him and Braun for the whatever the next uh takeover is or whatever. You know, maybe book another one around Survivor Series weekend. I just felt like they could have did better with this. Okay. But uh didn't see that part. That's my fault. But the match itself was fantastic. Yes, it was. We'll see what uh, let's see what happens. All right. Oh, boy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time. Very busy schedule to join us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. I wasn't really busy. I was off today, but absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archives of the show as well as great content. Um, we have the uh, mail soap opera moment up there from the predictions we made from Clash of the Castle. Our recap of Clash of the Castle that Wens and I did should be up there soon. We recorded it um, literally about a week ago, so I'm expecting it to air very, very soon. I will be checking in with him if it doesn't. All right. Uh, 
uh, make sure you guys also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our exclusive video content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, Gator and I are currently in the process on working on one of the Dark Side of the Ring videos right now. And once we get that video done, I can then start putting out the majority of the videos in succession until we, and then we'll eventually meet up to do the final episode of that. And in that final episode, which is the steroid trials, that's where I will be making some big announcements on future content for the YouTube channel. So we'll keep you guys, you have to hit the subscribe button, ring that bell to be notified so you know when both those videos will be coming out as well as the other Dark Side of the Ring videos that are uh, on the chopping block. And also, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for the WWE Survivor Series. The team will be getting together. Uh, we don't have all the details figured out, but just know at 8 p.m. we will be on twitch.tv slash theboochcast for the Survivor Series. Also, we got our live D&D show coming soon, the Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that we have in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Our first level is 99 cents, $1 per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. If all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know, you're still helping us out a great deal and we appreciate it. But if you'd like to still help us out, the 99 cents level is for you. It's not a lot of money. It won't hurt your bank account, but it'll help us out a great deal. If you got some extra spending cash, you can go to the second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since it's sold to the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, all the money that we raise goes back into our show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe it will be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we address the money to give uh, Zachariah Scott his noodles of ramen and we try to God we try to get him laid like oh man it's like Jesus so it's a struggle and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka The Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been The Booch Cast I'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.